Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. Where's my stuff? I'm already thinking like about my editing process. I'm like, am I am I gonna remember how to do this? Like <laughs> all the adjustments that I make and everything. Am I, am I am I gonna be rusty? Am I is this gonna take me forever? Or am I gonna? <sighs> We've recorded one episode in like the last two months. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, or congrats, you know, everyone. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. One it. or the other. One or the other. Uh, Could be both. But... Could be both at the same yeah, time. Been too too busy following our uh, our our beloved Sounders yeah. run to continental glory. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's just too much going on in our in our soccer sports world. You know, uh, Tottenham uh, on the brink of clinching Champions League despite yeah. being against all odds. Yeah. Uh, you know, we you know we got we lost our dear Erling Holland to the fucking evil team uh and then you know so there's just been a lot of uh a lot of soccer going on you know you know you guys but in general maybe soccer's been good like that's maybe some of you have been watching nba playoffs to keep you busy while you didn't have our podcast or the nhl playoffs um of which uh, checking out game six clay game six clay or uh laughing at game seven sons um <laughs> it was it was pretty funny yeah it, you know i i don't know that there is anybody on the planet who shed a tear for chris paul at the end of that oh yeah honestly, <laughs> and, like nobody so beloved it's, it's, I, I know it's like i, I looked at you know, oh it's so sad chris paul kicking people in the nuts and not making it out of the second round so that's all right it's okay i don't know he'll have to take uh Take comfort and cover in those giant paychecks from State Farm. So, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it's cold comfort right now, but you know, okay. Yeah. So we we so this is podcast. You didn't you haven't even put the episode title up for me, man. You are you're the episode you're right, number up for me. Boy, we see that's what I'm saying. I'm like I'm like I'm out of practice. We're we're out of practice. Uh, this is episode number one. 65 165 <laughs> your first time go. first time reading numbers jeff or i, don't, I had to um, well, i had to find i had to find the i had to find the folder on my computer where the last episode was uh, so, there we go 
Well, I, I was like, I knew is, it was one sixty something. I just had to well, find it. This is a podcast. Welcome to Area Podcast versus Everyone, episode one sixty five. I am Craig Powers. With me, as always, is my good buddy, my co Sounders season ticket member, Jeff Newsom. Best man in your wedding. And best man we got, in my we wedding. Got all the bases covered. We got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot going on. This but beer hey, I'm drinking, this beer I'm drinking for this podcast ain't, ain't helping me lose that weight for the wedding. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I have been, I have been, uh, I've been avoiding beer for the most part. So it's been, uh, it's been gin and soda. It's been seltzers with vodka, hard seltzers with vodka. Um, it's been, yeah, well, Jeff, those, you, those you kind know, of big ones. I had, you, you we had, know some, when we had you, some bourbon on Sunday. You so know, when you put the one. vodka in the hard seltzer, it makes it as caloric as a beer, right? Don't tell me that. I don't want to know that. You know, vodka <laughs> has calories, you know, right? It's not calorie free. It does, but it's, not, but it's not that many. Like, it can't be that many. Okay. It's like 50 to 60 calories an ounce. Okay. How, how so much, I put, how, how, I put like a, like a shot. In so there. like one and a half ounces. Yeah, like one and a half ounces. So you're and adding like eighty to ninety calories to, to your hundred calorie seltzers. Yeah. So now you have okay. almost a two hundred calorie beverage. Whatever, Craig. Why you gotta do that to me? Well, you, <laughs> well, you, gotta... you gotta fit. You, you gotta fit in that fucking jacket, dude. I know. <laughs> so okay, so Craig picks this. All right, so just so you guys know what's what's going on here. So Craig picks this uh, linen suit for all the for all the guys in the wedding to wear, and I go to men's warehouse to get fitted for it. And uh, I am not a small man anymore, like a lot of people who went through the pandemic. I am not as small as I once was, right? And so. The guy measures me up and, and gets my size and, and we go online and they do not have my size in this suit, right? And it's not like I can just order any suit because everybody else is wearing the suit. And by the way, a thing with, you know, the men that are in Craig's wedding, I am easily the most out of shape one out of the group. There's all these other very handsome, very fit guys that are getting their suits. Yeah, that's why not I have so you much stand with next me. to me, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, you will definitely look better by comparison. So we were able to find at Macy's the same suit because the guy was like, well, Macy's has the same vendor if you can find it there. And so found the suit, but it's one size too small. And so I need to drop like eight or ten pounds <laughs> to like be able to button. The I mean, I can button the suit right now, but it is barely buttoned and so i i need to there, there's some pounds need to come out so i've been I, I went i've been running twice this week uh went for a couple mile walk with sarah tonight i am i'm trying to get my move on um and trying to uh, conserve calories at other places except for except for tonight except for tonight tonight is i'm drinking beer tonight so yeah, I failed pretty hard this past weekend uh, because because <laughs> um, the kids was, were gone. <laughs> well, the kids were gone, and Amanda was at her bachelorette party. Amanda I had the house gone, to myself, yeah. so I lived a a bachelor life, man. I well, tell you I know much. what we consumed on Sunday, and uh, that Sunday did not help either one of us. So between no, the and I the Modellos and, and the Bodies and the uh, cheesesteak nachos. From right outside our seats, <laughs> and the and the chocolate buns. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. 
the chocolate. And I had I had another beer. I had another Modelo on the bus back home. I and then <laughs> and then you know got home and Amanda, she's home. You know we, you know we we uh, yeah. we have we have some snacks and and uh, and last night you know we go on our yesterday we still didn't have the kids so we went on a little date like a you know really cool start at like we're ser- we're searching hunting happy hours start at 3 p.m. go to about oh, 6 30 p.m. and then we go home just have like little bits but of course we didn't eat yeah, enough you sure, food. wait a minute wait a minute are you are you sure you're not married yet because that yeah. sounds like that sounds like a very married early evening right there oh well and then amanda has some leftover Smirnoff ices from her bachelorette party. Oh, and, oh it just happens to. So we get home and we have to do some chores around the house while we're, you know, buzzed. And and yeah. I, I I she's like, you do the dishes. I'm cleaning some some dishes. I pull one up, bam, out rolls a Smirnoff ice. So she <laughs> ices me. Yeah, I just get just get iced on a Monday night. And then I go, I'm done, uh, done doing the dishes. I walk over, sit down on the couch, bam, right next to me. Another fucking smearing off ice. <laughs> so, uh, that is true love right there, buddy. That is it. That is, that is, that is destiny. Then, then we didn't eat Ultimate enough when we went on our a little thing. So we ordered fucking Uber Eats Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> <laughs> At like nine o'clock at night, it was just uh, we're not doing well on the diet, man. Not doing yeah, well. Yeah, well, Amanda you know, is. She's been losing weight, so it's it's her. one of those things where, man, when the kids aren't around, it's like, well, what should we do? I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's eat or drink or both. That's kind yeah, of yeah, dude. That's kind of how it goes. I went to Red Hot and Asado on Friday on Saturday, at like, <laughs> and then I went to Red Hot. And boom, boom, room for dinner on, on yeah. Friday night. Oh God, dude! I had, oh. I had ramen, uh, ramen with booze for lunch on Saturday. I was just, I was living my, living you my bachelor living, life, living um, your but best back bachelor. to life, back to reality. Picked up the kids today. You know, had to, had to, had to do bedtime, all that. So you know, yep. just snap back into focus. Yeah. And so, as part of that, we are we back podcasting. That was one of yeah. our longest lead-ins <laughs> ever. And, yeah. I swear. And, and by we've the way, been, kids, we've, we, kids will snap you back into reality too. I'm sure your kids oh, yelled yeah. at you at bedtime and made no, sure no, that you knew that was, it was the reality was there. She, she was really sweet, but she was like, "I'm not well, going that's to sleep." Good. And I'm like, yeah, "Okay, yeah, you probably part. are." But we gave her, yeah. we gave her the bedtime chocolate. She'll be going to sleep. Oh, well, sorry, kid. Um, <laughs> she has her oh. bedtime chocolates. We have our bedtime chocolates. They're different things <laughs> than them, but they work just different as kinds of chocolates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so I, I, I swear we we've are. seen each other. Jeff and I have seen each other many times over the last. Oh month. yeah. But so we don't need to catch up like this. But here we are. No, doing it. No, but but we do for it you. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 pod for you. We love you so, and you can follow yeah. us uh, wherever, wherever social we may go. go. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, here we are. Ten minutes in, haven't uh, talked really about the Cougs. Uh, yeah, you know, I was I was in Pullman for s- spring football. Uh, right after our last podcast, 
I had a lot of fun. I didn't pay that much attention to the game. And I have not went back and watched it. Yeah. So my favorite part, the only part I really genuinely remember is Ryan Leaf coming out <laughs> and throwing yeah. some passes. That is the Which only is part that I paid like close attention to. Otherwise, we were having fun tailgating. We got the suite this year. We had a lot of our, our kooks and our youths were up in the suite with us, us which was which was the a lot youths. of fun. Kooks the youths, youths, you know, it, it was fun. It's fun to see the youths, the youths um, in, in Pullman. Uh, shout out to Nate and Jack who got their uh, college degrees uh, a couple weeks yeah. ago. So um, yes, they did. Very proud of y'all. Uh, Nate, Nate, who, uh, Nate Dahl, who of course writes our basketball recaps and then, uh, Jack who takes all those pretty pictures you see on the site. So, um, Jack, feel free to stay in Pullman if you want and continue taking pictures, uh, forever. Uh, we might have to find, Hey, but he's taking pictures for the Mariners now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. You got the Mariners photo internship. And so he's. Doing all, the Jack is doing big things, uh, stalling from beginning his real life career in finance. So, yeah, <laughs> hang on there to that go. shit as long as you can, Jack. It's okay. <laughs> can, there's always money in the finance yeah. stand. Yeah. Um, real real adulthood can wait. Yeah, yeah. No, no one, no one is, no one is ever mad that they that they kind of punted adulthood down the line a bit. No, no, no one never. Is. Nope, nope. That is not. Uh, no, no, you put it perfectly. So yeah, um, yeah. So it uh, very happy for them. Hey, if you like taking pictures and you live in Pullman, give us a give us yeah. a shout out. Are you already like yeah, to uh, yeah. send us an email? Because um, uh, 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 news like I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, the, well, you wouldn't notice this, but uh, the the photo services that SB Nation pays for for us. Um, one of them, the primary one is USA Today Sports, and there is one photographer in the, yes, in Eastern Washington, uh, for USA Today Sports. And if Gonzaga is playing that night, no matter who they are playing and no matter who WSU is playing, he is at Gonzaga, he is at Gonzaga. Gonzaga could be playing, uh, Portland or some other shitty team. Um, and WSU could be playing a, you know, a top 10 packed, you know, top 10 Pac-12 yep. team and they are, he's, he's always at Gonzaga. Um, probably because he sells, sells the pictures more often that way. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, we, that's, we've so, it's been so great to have Jack providing us pictures of events. Oh, I mean, uh, the NIT, he got pictures of that. Uh, he went down and got us pictures of the women in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, and, and those were hard to find too, surprisingly. Um, and so he's, he's, he's definitely helped us out. A lot of great pictures. He was taking pictures of the spring game too. Um, and, and then of course, Nate, uh, who he's going to keep writing for the site, he says. So, and he, he'll Woo-hoo. still be writing their Cree caps, but I know Jeff, you have been extremely grateful <laughs> to, to yeah. have Nate writing those recaps. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, also, I mean that's that's basically the most exciting thing to happen on spring weekend. 
uh, was hanging out uh, hanging for, out with you know, uh, with Nate. I hung out with Nate a lot. As, he, and as it usually and as it usually is. Yes, and yeah. As it usually is because uh, the the game is just sort of whatever. I mean, I I didn't watch. I I just saw some highlights. Uh, highlight. I, you know, I I meant to watch the game. Uh, and then just never really made time for it to the point. It just it just sort of underscored how how little I kind of care about that um, because I don't know how much there is to learn. And I think that most of the time, what ends up happening is something happens the following season, and then you go, "Oh yeah, I saw that in the spring game," and I didn't even you know. But there's so much you see in the yeah. spring game that you can't trust, right? Like, and the one we keep talking about, like I think we've mentioned this before, but. You know, Anthony Gordon, right, before his, uh, you know, when he was, when he played in the spring game before his senior year and he was, uh, very good in that spring yeah. game. And we were just like, oh, Gage Gabrud's going to be the quarterback. So yay for Anthony Gordon, but whatever. Um, as it turned out, he, you know, ended up obviously being really great. And, um, you know, so then you look back and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that, okay, yeah, it was there. Uh, another one I have a distinct, uh, recollection of is Frankie Louvu. Uh, in Spokane, one of those games, I think before his senior year, he uh, ripped some people up, uh, chasing them around the field. And, you know, again, that that proved to be, you know, accurate as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much stuff that you're just kind of like, eh, you know, um, never really sure what's what's what. And so I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's just excuse making. I don't know. Like, I've maybe I'll get around to watching it at some point. But, you know, I didn't hear anybody say that Cam Ward looked bad, uh, which is you know, kind of all I care about. Like, I just want to make sure the guy doesn't, you know, look overmatched or out of place in it. It certainly sounds like he, he didn't look like either of those things. So, uh, that's, that's all I really care about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cared about being in Pullman on the pursuit for happiness. And that was that, that's all. Um, and it was a good weekend, uh, that, you know, that delivered. Um, and yeah, I saw Cam, Make a, a couple good throws, uh, had some beer, and had a good time. Um, so spring game once again in Pullman, undefeated. Um, yes, but yeah, football. They've um, been, you know, it, this is going to be transfer talk now for a bit. Um, starting <laughs> yeah. with f- starting with football, uh, Cougs are at it. Have added some transfers. Uh, recently, I mean, of course this is like 10 days ago, but you know, you, you don't come here for breaking news. Um, so Cam Lampkin, a corner out of Utah state. And then one of Cam Ward's favorite targets, Rob Farrell, uh, from incarnate word. Um, so definitely, you know, always could use help in the secondary, uh, use some depth, find someone who works there. Um, and then, uh, you know, who knows Rob Farrell, um, it's hard to, you know, he, it's hard to, he's, he's not a a big, you know, he's a, he's an inside receiver. Um, not a big guy, uh, be curious to see, you know, <laughs> he's a small where he guy. slots. Yeah. Yeah. He's very small. <laughs> Five, nine, one seventy. Uh, that's, that's his listed size. Yes. Um, you know, he was, he, he has, he's, he's, his final year. So I'm guessing he expects to play. Um, I get like W like the receiver group needs depth. So, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and he, yeah, I mean, he, more he, bodies are good. Like, 
you know, I don't, I don't imagine that he's going to pass, you know, Renard Bell or Lincoln Victor. I mean, I think both those guys are, right. you know, entrenched in there. But, um, you know, as we know with the air raid, going too deep is good. And having a guy who's experienced is, is good. You know, when you watch uh, Cam Ward's highlights, he's, he's kind of all over him from that inside receiver spot running routes that, you know, we got very used to seeing out of a guy like River Craycraft or, you know, Travell Harris, I, Bernard Bell, I guess, when he was playing on the inside on that side, you know, a lot of like, you know, Y cross stuff, mesh, things like that. Um, you know, sale, like all, all these routes that, uh, you know, our inside receivers have just become deadly with, um, you know, he certainly uh, looks like a guy who specialized in those things. So that's great. Experience never hurts. Competition never hurts. Uh, depth is good, you know, especially, you know, a guy who you feel like at the very least, you know, if, if somebody were to get hurt, he could be serviceable. And, you know, I, I think, I think that's, you know, knows I think the that's offense. a good thing. Yeah. You know, and especially uh, it, when it, people are learning a new offense, like, you know, having people around who know what they're doing um, does, does have a ripple effect on other players. I think sometimes it can be overstated a little, but it's, it does not hurt to have a guy um, besides the quarterback and besides the offensive coordinator um, having a guy in that wide receiver room who knows what he's doing. So I think that's, and I think that's the, good. It's all good. The, the funny thing is he started college in 2017 and he won't be the guy who's been in college the longest, even in his own yes. position group. Cause <laughs> Renard Bell be right behind the guy. Renard Bell red shirted in 2016 at WSU and he will be playing his final season I know. in 2022. Holy crazy. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, Farrell started. This is his fifth different college in six years. Um man. Uh it's it's there's gonna be some wild stuff until these uh these extra years of eligibility from COVID shake out in the in the next few years. Uh but you're you're just yep. gonna have like insane like gut stories like that where like this guy started school when? Um yeah. but yeah, so he basically started uh, he started playing, uh, college football before my, uh, four and a half year old daughter was born. And now, um, <laughs> he still hasn't finished yeah. college football, his college football career yet. So, yeah. my, um, my youngest was four. Atticus was four when, <laughs> uh, when that all started. So yeah, God bless him. More power to it, man. I'm glad he gets to keep playing. I'm I'm glad he gets to hopefully finish in a way that, um, you know, it makes him feel good about his college career because he dude deserves it. Guy deserves it. Yeah, and then you know, uh, Cam Lampkin. There's obviously a lot of uncertainty about who's going to play opposite Langford. Um, so it could be him. I, you know, who knows? Could be. You know, uh, could be. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's football. Uh, you know, talking about transfers there, might as well just keep on talking with the transfer talk. Uh, Woo! obviously the, the portal has been insanity, uh, for Wazoo so far. Um, I know, I know it's been hard for a lot of y'all. Um, but it, it hasn't been all bad news. And I think the news is starting to turn around a bit. Uh, one, yeah. obviously the, you know, the, the tough things were, F.A. entering the portal, Mo entering the portal, Noah heading to UW, which we already talked about last episode that we did. Um, and then obviously we had Ryan Rapp and, 
and uh um shit uh Koulibaly also leave so at you know right as it stands right now you know as it stood for 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 a bit they they had you know like six scholarship players left um but now obviously they have uh uh now guys are starting to come back and and one uh guy I don't think we we have we haven't recorded since he committed was a drama de Jong, who is an ex- extremely exciting commitment just in the line of all these big men that Kyle Smith and John Andershek and the rest of the staff have been pulling in uh, it just, just the type of athletes that we've at, at the, at the four and five that we never get here. And now we have four in a row, really like, you yeah. know, that's, it's wild, you know. So, um, in in terms of uh, athleticism and kind of movement, he definitely uh, looks a lot. Even though an even skinnier version look moves a lot like Mo, um, maybe an inch taller or so. But I think maybe twenty pounds lighter. Um, so so he's a. But you know, he seems to be a guy that that wants to be a stretch, a stretch four, stretch five type. Um, but I haven't seen him shoot much. But uh, he's definitely got that quick bounce. Uh, he's going to be a guy that can block shots. I He looks like a guy that could be like Mo and defend the pick and roll really, really well because he can pick up a guard and, and handle them. Um, yeah. yeah, and just, uh, you know, a very highly rated, our second best recruit ever again. <laughs> you know, another <laughs> one behind Clay. You know, sorry, Mo, yeah. you got knocked off, knocked off the perch like right away. Yeah. Um, sorry, but buddy. he really, he really rose up too. Um, when WC started in on him, he was just, he was, wasn't that highly rated, but, uh, he's, he's really picked up steam and he had some legit offers from high major, you know, legit high major programs. And he and WSU yeah. has just been great at building these relationships, and yeah, and I think and it's I, I think it's a testament to what they what they did with FA and with you know Muhammad Gay. Like it's I, these things are not lost on these recruits. Um, it, it obviously doesn't hurt that uh, Deong's from uh, Senegal, like Muhammad Gay is as well. So it seemed like there was that uh, bit of a connection. Yeah, and Mo uh, hosted the two him on it. I mean. Yeah, Mo hosted him on his on his official visit. Um, so, you know, it just seemed like a, a place where he was comfortable, um, a place where he felt like he could excel, get an opportunity to play. Um, you know, particularly with uh, the only other big on the roster at the moment being Deshaun Jackson. I mean, we're, we'll, I'm sure we'll come back around to that particular situation, but um, at the moment, you know, he's one of two bigs on the roster. So. Um, you know, that's, that I think was certainly attractive. And I just, I, I think you start, you know, building a reputation and, you know, we now have a reputation a little bit of, you know, uh, developing big guys who, um, you know, have skills guys from Africa, I think in particular, you know, they, they, um, you know, word gets around and, and guys sort of trust each other. And, um, you know, they talk about, Hey, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. I mean, it's the same reason why, uh, you know, you see the basketball account, you know, cheerleading for FA and Mo when they're off doing, you know, stuff, you know, prepping for the NBA draft or Mo being in the, the G league combine or whatever, like, um, 
you know, it's good for everybody if those guys succeed. And, and I think this is part of that. Um, it, I thought it was kind of curious the, <laughs> I don't know, maybe we've already gotten bored with landing recruits like this because it sure felt like the reaction to it was a little bit muted. Yeah. I thought um, it was going to be just because it was after a stretch of just bad news and bad news. And yeah. Bad it was. News. Yeah. 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 And then this happened and, and, and like, it was, it was almost we, sort of like, eh, okay, it, that's great. It it was hard to watch because we kind of knew this was coming and like, but we couldn't say it was just like, I want yeah. it guys. It's going to be okay. Like you're going to be happy. Yeah. But, but the happiness did not match the, like just the, I, the, the devastation that, that like, well, yeah. The kook fans have the had, reaction, gone through the, yes. The reaction a year ago to getting Mo was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You know? And then like the reaction to this was kind of like, okay. And I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think it was offset by people just feeling like, man, you know, I thought they, they just were kind of looking to next year. Like we, like we all do in college. And, you know, we're always kind of thinking of, Hey, you know what we're building toward the next thing, the next, and you know, that's just different now. It's harder to do now. It's, it's, it's not the same, you know, you might not have a guy for three or four years. And so it's, I think people were sort of down on the fact that, well, you know, gosh, I thought we were building toward this. And now, you know, seven guys, right. It's <laughs> you had it all up at seven guys, seven guys in the portal. Um, I don't know. I just think people got really down and, and I don't, um, you know, I don't fault them for feeling that way. Um, it's very different. I know, uh, it's hard for people to wrap their brains around, you know, that it's just going to be different now and you're going to be building teams, with more moving pieces from year to year now. And, um, you know, maybe all you can really hope for is, you know, just kind of a core group of guys to carry the torch. And well, uh, outside and, of that, I mean, you know, guys are going to come and go. We, we got to, I mean, as, as, as I, there's been people like, what's wrong with the program? This is just, this is just, this is happening everywhere. everywhere. This is <laughs> this everyone. Is everywhere. Like, this is not just, what's wrong with us. This is everywhere. Like Arkansas is going to have like Arkansas was a great team last year and they're going to have like 12 new players next year. Like it, it like it's, it, it just, it's part of what it is. And then WSU yeah. obviously, uh, probably lacking behind in NIL money. If these got these kids get this promise from, you know, their, their advisors that you can go make some money, like how, but the only way you find out is if you enter the portal. Yes. And, and so you can't find out if any of these things you're hearing are true unless you enter the portal. And if someone's saying you can it's, get a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah if, if someone is telling you, you can get $200,000. If you go in the portal, why wouldn't you do that? You know? Right. Okay. No, like, let me just like who, who, like who it just any of us in our college careers doing anything and in our in our business careers like if if someone offers you $200,000 to leave and and you're still going to get the same uh compensation otherwise like how many of us are being like now nah, I'm good yeah especially if you're still going to be or doing something or if someone and, said if someone said you might be worth this but you'll only find out if you put your name out if you put your name, yep. Right? I mean, people do this all the time. I mean, you and I have talked about jobs. Like, okay, so I've been at my job for many years now, right? We don't change because there's nothing to be gained 
from me changing, right? Like I know what the contracts that like we have union negotiated contracts. We have salary schedules and it's basically what's your education? How many years have you been teaching? Find it on yeah. the table and there, bam, that's there's how much a little, money there's right? a little table that you follow. Like, right. Over, there's absolutely over, zero over, incentive over. for me to change jobs unless I just want better working conditions. Right. So, but for you, right? Like, like you're out there and sometimes you kind of have to change a job if you yeah. want a pay increase because yep. otherwise, you know, the company you're with is like, well, we already got you. So here's a 3% raise. And you're like, but I've got this other job offer for a 15% raise. And they're like, well, good luck to you. I mean, there, there's the only way, you know, is if you, you specifically, Craig, go out and do some interviews and get some other offers. Yep. And that's kind of exactly. what these guys are, these guys are doing. And I don't, they're doing it. It's know, just very I public, mean, you know, like yeah, everyone. And it, it, I don't think anybody likes it. Like, I, I no, don't think, yeah. I, I mean, I like that kids are getting, I call them kids, men. I like these guys, these men getting what they can get. I like that. I don't like just sort of the process, right? The sausage being made. Um, it's and, just and sort of distasteful. There, I don't like the handlers. The, yeah, like, the handler that, part. That kind of stuff is that is just ripe for exploitation. Yeah, it feels um, exploitative. That part because but, they're, but they're, if the, this the is what things, it takes, mm, I'm okay. I mean, and what? I mean, what we're kind of seeing is there's these pie in the sky, huge ones like the the kid that went to Florida. Um, yes. but there are only so many of those deals. Yep. And even as good as F.A. and Mo are, I think that they probably didn't find those deals. Yep. I think, I think they found some that. deals. Um, And I think probably WSU has been able to match them or like at least come close to so that because now we see. And we'll talk about the other transfer in a bit. This is just too natural of a segue to not do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Now, now we see FA, who wasn't even including WSU on his uh, list before. WSU's in the final four. Yeah. Like, and, and, and the coaching staff legit feels like they have a chance to bring him back. Like, yep. When, when I'll tell you three weeks ago, they did not feel that way. Correct. So something has changed. Either either WSU <laughs> has pulled has together some some pulled together some cash, or FA is not finding what was told him told to him. Yep. Out on the market, I think it's and, probably and, some and, of both. And I think he probably didn't hear the answers he wanted to hear for the NBA. Um. Yes, I think that is also th- he was not invited like to the combine. Kind of, yeah. I mean, he may have had some workouts for some teams, but um, was not invited to the combine, which is usually not a great sign. Um, so, at least for for a guy's draft prospects, usually not yep. a good sign. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, John Rothstein reported today. This we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, reported that you know it was it was Arizona, Florida, Maryland, and then also considering Washington State. So. Um, I get, you know, if you're listening to this, by the way, I can tell you, um, you know, any good vibes you can send FA's way to let him know how much we'd love to have him back. You know, those things, those things go a long way. And if you feel sort of weird tweeting at a college kid to let him know that that you think he should play for your team, 
I do understand. I, I do think it's a little, I don't know, maybe I'm rationalizing, but it seems less, <laughs> less distasteful if he already plays for your team versus if he's a high schooler, I guess. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it'd be amazing to have him back. Uh, Muhammad Gay, uh, same kind of deal. Like there seems to be a very real chance uh, that he returns. Yeah, he also uh, was not invited to the combine. Yeah. He was invited to the G League combine, the G, what do they call it? G League elite camp or something yeah. like that. Um, so he participated in that. Seven guys from there were invited to go to the NBA draft combine and he was not one of them. So, um, he was, you know, did not, for whatever reason, did not especially, um, stand out there, uh, which, you know, I don't think is totally shocking. I mean, I think we both look at FA and Mo and go, you know, they've got some skills that are sort of high level at the moment, but also need a lot of, a lot of polish to be thinking about, um, you know, NBA careers and, and to play, play professionally. Um, you know, they just, they, they need some more development. They need some more polish and, um, you know, to play at that level. And, you know, so they, they may very well come back to, to WSU. And if they do, uh, <laughs> everybody starts feeling very different, um, about next year. And I, I think it's both are a very real possibility. Um, you know, it's, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's a legitimate, legitimate possibility for both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it kind of felt like FA was gone. And, and now, yes, uh, yes, I swear, like I've, <laughs> I've been just a little bit happier today knowing that there's a possibility we could watch FA Abagidi yeah. play, oh, yeah. uh, hoops again for Wazoo. Maybe everyone will learn his name by then. Yes, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we'll do whatever we can to bring yep. FA back, whether it's, yeah. Uh, tweet at him or, or tweet at him. Um, yep. Uh, or if some, you know, someone out there, if you got a bag, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We won't, we won't stand in your way on that one either. If you, if you have a product that you would like endorsed. Yeah. You know, especially if you have a product in Nigeria, that would be most beneficial because that's the easiest way to get around the NIL or the visa rules for NIL. So. Uh, if you have something you want to sell in Nigeria and you want to you want to pay him to endorse something you're selling in Nigeria, I think you know that that would really be swell. Let us know. And why don't you <laughs> go ahead and um, look for any uh, Sen Senegalese products to sell? Yes, as that well. too. That too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> as soon, uh, of course, as soon as Dion signs, everyone's like, "Whoa, is this good?" Like you had that that yeah, oh, portion yeah. of the Coog fans are like, "Yes, we're just going to be gone in oh. here." It's like. I don't know if he's gone in a year. It's kind of fun to have like incredible yeah. athletes playing for you. Like, like pretty if, regularly. If FA and Mo never play for us again, I'll be like, that was still awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you know, am I bummed that they're not sticking around? Look, of course. Like I would love like, for them to stick around. But Michael also, Flowers, like, it was Michael awesome. Flowers only played for Wazoo for one year. Gar Gardner Minshew only played for Wazoo for one year. This ha this happens, you know. Yes, like I mean, Gardner like, Minshew was on campus for six literal six months. Yeah, <laughs> and and he is ours, and we love him, and it's okay. It's okay. It really is. It's all right. Uh, yeah, maybe, let's see. Oh, we had whole... a, we had another guy. Yep, we had another uh, from guy. St. Mary's. Yeah, um, Jabe Mullins. 
Great. He name. does look very much like a Jabe Mullins too, by the Mr. way. Mr. Jabe Mullins, uh, six six guard wing, but uh, you and I both kind of. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play wing, man. Yeah, you you he's gonna play both, guard. Yeah, we both independently like our ears perked up. Um, what Kyle Smith said in the press release is that he can handle both guard positions like multiple times. Um, yep. So like. That sure, yeah, exactly. They they want him to be uh, a guard, like a hand, a ball handling guard, and that's yep. not something that St. Mary's asked him to do. Um, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot, to be honest. Um, no. uh, his he's definitely got uh, a jumper that looks like if you find him open looks, he's going to shoot a high percentage. And as uh, as Bryce. Uh, Bryce Hendricks, our, our, uh, you know, our scouting, our, 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 our Kook Center scout, uh, noticed, uh, when looking at tape, St. Mary's didn't really run a lot of plays for him to get open. Um, he was kind of just, uh, working off ball, you know, working as like a tertiary option or, uh, most of the time. And, and if he was open, he was open he took the shot, but they weren't really endeavoring to get him open. Um, so obviously WSU kind of sees him in a different light, sees him as maybe a guy who can, um, handle the ball a little bit, work to pick and roll, um, and then maybe hopefully run off ball, uh, and, and get some open looks as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, you know what, all those departures I mentioned did not mention, uh, Ty Roberts either. Um, so maybe he kind of steps into some of the void that Ty Roberts, is leaving, yep. um, which of course he could end up coming back to. Um, but just kind of seems like he doesn't really like being in Pullman that much. Um, so I, if, if that's the problem, that's kind of hard to get around, but it, it probably depends on what sort of offers he's finding, um, yep. out there. Um, I, I'm sure that the, uh, coaches would take him back. <laughs> you know, they, they, yeah. they, they love him. So like it, Yep. In, at least you know they love the way he plays and um yeah and yeah so but yeah so if 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 roberts doesn't come back you know we need guards <laughs> we need them desperately yes uh yeah, we, were we will at need point to add at least one more guard for sure at least one more guard yes at like least. yeah probably two. yeah yeah probably two uh because you know you got miles rice coming in who they think very highly of and others who have seen him in practice and stuff think very highly of but he still has yet to play a college basketball game and he just yep. sat out a year. So yep. it usually takes guys, especially guys that sit out a year for a red shirt or, or, you know, back in the day when they had to sit out a year for a transfer, it usually took them a bit to get reacquainted with live in game basketball. So, um, yep. so we're going to need some, some probably some guard help. Um, and veteran guards would be great, um, yes. to pair with the youth. Uh, so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see. He, he's got some tools. Um, you know, he's big. Both of you and I were excited about that, you know? Yep. Kind of, kind of, and that's a theme. I mean, that's a theme with the guys that they're getting too. I mean, we've got, you know, you got Mullins, you got Rice. So, so we just kind of go like kind of down the line. So Miles Rice, I think is six, three, I think. Six, two, Um, I think. Six two, six two, six three, somewhere in there. 
Uh, Jay Mullins is six, six. Uh, and then you just kind of, then it's just, you kind of go from there. TJ Bombas, you know, six, five, six, six, you know, Andre's six, eight, DJ's six, 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 seven. Uh, you know, obviously Deshaun is six, ten. DeYoung six is seven footer. He's legit seven footer. And then Dylan Darling is also six, two Carlos Rosario, like six, seven. So nobody on the roster at this point under six, two. Um, and then the names that they've been linked with in terms of guards are also all bigger guards. And I don't think it's too hard to see why. Like we talked about this a ton last year about how starting two guards who were six foot and under, uh, is, is just very limiting, um, at the PAC 12 level, extremely limiting. And I don't think that, you know, Smith has always sort of favored bigger guards anyway. Um, even when he was at, you know, San Francisco and Columbia, I, I think that they just sort of, I don't want to say they got painted into a corner last season with the roster, but I just think they ended up starting guys that they maybe didn't think they were going to be starting. Um, and so they end up with, you know, kind of these two small guards and, and it just, it really did present a fair number of problems, especially when you think, okay, well, you've got, uh, you know, you've got these bigs, right. That are, that are real weapons. Two of the bigs they had last year that, you know, we may yet have this year, you know, between FA and Mo, you know, two guys who are tall and springy and really good rolling to the basket. And how many times were we pulling our hair out because we just couldn't get the ball to them. Right. Like, you know, somebody executes a nice little pick and roll and, you know, Tyrell Roberts, God bless him, you know, uh, is, you know, trying to make a pass, but it's like, man, he just doesn't have the angle to get the ball in there on a roll, um, you know, because he's, you know, five ten or whatever. And so I think there's some element of, you know, Jabe Mullins, who's, you know, six, six, uh, is going to have much less difficulty entering that pass. You know, if he's running a pick and roll or if he's trying to enter a post pass to Deshaun Jackson, um, that's just going to be much less challenging because he's going to be tall. And so I think, you know, and then your, your other point guard or your other guard, uh, you know, miles rice, six, two, six, three, big difference between six, two, six, three and five, 11, five, 10, five, nine. Um, that's, it's a really huge difference. So yeah, I, I think you can see, um, and then they've been linked to another guard who is a, you know, a point guard, shooting guard type combo guard. Um, who I believe is like six, five. So I, I think this is all very intentional, um, which I love. I love, I love, um, you know, getting guys who are rangy and, um, can do some of these things. I think, um, you know, I, I, cause I think Kyle Smith can coach anybody to play defense. I think we've, we've sort of figured that out. Um, the defense did not suffer as much with two short guys on the perimeter as much as I thought they would, um, especially as the year went on. So I'm not as concerned about that, but I think oh, yeah. offensively they could really yeah. benefit from some height. Yeah, it really yeah, it we there were times when there it felt like especially when they played that zone and they had the two small guards in there, it's like you can't be playing zone. Yeah. With two no. small guards. And in fairness, sometimes no. they'd like sub in Ryan Rapp or whatever, like when they got in the zone because <laughs> yeah. um, cause you can't just have two because he's six five. You know, yeah. But you can't just have like guys that are that easy to shoot over in a zone. Right. Um but but yeah. it, it's yeah, it's but yeah, you know, offense, offense is all is really where we saw it get frustrating. You know, when 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 we we could not like you're talking about could not get our super athletic bigs the ball because because of just like a hard hedge or something. You know, not even that hard of a hedge, like just the guy running out with his hands up, and, and yep. you just can't see over him. 
Um, where they start probing amongst the trees, they kind of yep. foray into the lane just a little bit, and all of a sudden it's, you know, like you said trees, like they're just yeah. There's nowhere to go with the ball, and then they end up, you know, dribbling out to to the three point line. So yeah, I think I think this is an attempt to solve that, and I am 100 percent on board with it. Yeah, and, and you know, it was it's it's fine having like one of those guards out there, like like obviously Flowers had tons of value offensively. But when when like both yep. but it, but if you had a if you had another a playmaking guard paired with flowers, um, yes, it, it, he and he didn't have to always be running the pick and roll and all that. Um, yep, you know that that would have that would have benefited him for sure if he you know if he could have just yep. run around and caught you know spot you know shot we we saw he was he was deadly on spot ups. Um, that's why they yep. they plan they ran that uh, handoff play out of the. Uh, to the um, out of out of a uh, baseline inbounds, and and yep, yep. I swear he didn't miss one of those all year. <laughs> like, yeah, um, and he just kind of hide behind somebody in the corner yeah. and pull that sucker. But yeah, so but yeah, but then when you have two of the you know two guys that neither one can really kind of see over the top, especially when you're playing a team, you know, we always kind of like cringe. You know, part of that cringe when we saw like teams with tall guards part of that run in the nit is they played a stretch of teams with just tiny guards like it was yes like it, yeah, well i mean, I mean the, we were playing mid-major teams and that's yeah. not unusual right like their guards are generally going to be smaller yep so and and you know so that that was helpful um that you know yep. obviously mike was able to have a huge offensive you know because he kind of was paired with dudes that are his size and and if and he's he's good enough offensive player that if if the person can't just hold their hand up and bother then then uh he's going to find a shot so uh so yeah yes very excited uh 6-2 and up lineup next year is looking very possible you know um hell we could you know if 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 all the bigs come back just put them all in at once just for the sake of just <laughs> mega high and put Yaki at the point Put Yaki yeah, at the yeah. point. Put the four bigs in. You know, I, I you know, I'm I down. think uh, you know. Let's put Mo wants to play the two. We know he wants to play the two. Yeah. Put Dr yeah, at the three. Deshaun at the five. Fa at the four. Let's rock it. Yep. You know? Let's do it. Um, let's do it. But, but so yeah, let's let's talk about that like seriously. If if by you know if all everything hits and you know it, it just a probability no. Pro- you know, probably not everything's going to hit right. But if F.A. came back, if Mo came back, we have Dayong, we have Deshaun. What, what does this look like? I know we've heard from the staff that they really want to play two bigs all the time. They really like doing that. Um, now, the plus minus for when F.A. and Deshaun played together wasn't great this year. So maybe not all combinations of two bigs is good, but but they really want that because they want to be able to compete with Arizona and, and those other teams yep. that have the giant you know giant lineups and can just rotate out seven six ten seven footers all the time. They want to be able to do that, um, which is cool. I like that aspiration, um, but it's curious like uh, how how does that fit? Like, are, can they? Like, are they really going to have the minutes to play all four of those guys? 
I don't think there's a problem with the minutes playing all four of those guys, but I think there's a problem with some of the other guys on the roster. Yeah. So I think of DJ Rodman and Andre Yakimovsky, like, yep. you know, where they both play the four, right? I mean, Andre can sometimes swing to the three. Um, I guess DJ theoretically could as well, but, but really those guys are fours. Um, and so, you know, where, where do their minutes go? Uh, I don't know. Like that gets, that's, that's where I get sort of wondering kind of how this all shakes out. If, if everybody comes back, um, because it's like, yeah, again, there's only so many minutes to go around and yeah, you could play, you know, theoretically two of gay, uh, F.A. Deong and, um, and Deshaun. And that's great. So then again, that that's pretty much that's going to be almost all of your minutes at the four and the five, right? There might be a yeah. few minutes in there somewhere for Andre or DJ to play the four. We're talking maybe like five to ten a game, maybe, right? And so where did those guys end up? Oh, well, they can just play the three. Okay, well, what about <laughs> TJ Bamba, right? Who's yeah. I, I think TJ Bamba at this point, I think you can pencil him in for thirty minutes a game. Like I think that's. I, yeah. I think that's what we're looking at there, right? Okay, so that leaves you, what, 10 minutes a game at the three, right? And then, okay, so Andre can't play two. Okay, so maybe TJ plays some two. Okay, then what about, you know, Miles Rice, Jabe Mullins? Like, I, it's just like even with just the not even full roster that we have right now, it's it's like you start going, <laughs> like the minutes start getting crunched pretty quickly, depending on where you end up. So um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's well, a good teams, problem to have, right? Like teams rarely go 10 deep. Um, yep. Most often. And as we know, by the way, as we know with all these bigs as well, um, high probability, somebody misses some time, you yeah, know? So I then, think that's, I think that's worth considering also. Yeah. And there's also, you know, foul trouble, uh, you know, and bigs to just like, typically don't play 30 minutes a game even when they're healthy like they're that's just not um yep. something you see uh so maybe there's maybe there's a few minutes at the four you can piece together because yeah i don't you got to think that they're gonna find minutes for yaki you got to think they're gonna find minutes for rodman just because these guys uh were pretty effective and and Rodman obviously like had, um, you know they like plus minus and his plus minus was always really good. Um, yep. And if he hits, you know, hits thirty five, forty percent of his threes again, then last year he's an incredible player. Last year, if he shoots threes like he did the year before, um, yep. when you combine you know, that with the uptick in twos, yeah, sixty percent, sixty one percent on twos, eighty percent from the free throw line, uh, got to the free throw line a lot more. Uh, that's why he was actually a better player despite hitting, you know, a lot fewer yep. threes. Uh, but then you got Yaki who started hitting threes. He's, his twos ticked up a bit. You know, maybe he could tick them up a more. You know, he couldn't do any worse than the year before. But, but yeah, you know, we, we kind of had these same conversations last year. I hope that's a problem they have. I hope FA and Mo both come back. <laughs> and, and I hope, yep. I hope they have to figure out how to play all these guys because, uh, that's, it's better than 
vice versa where you're like, oh, shit, yeah. how are we going to fill and, out this lineup? And it would be nice with DeYoung to not have to rely on him for 25 to 30 minutes a game. Like, like that'd be nice, you know, to have a freshman who you can, you know, work in and develop. Yeah, and, I, I do think it probably... Uh, maybe, not, maybe not have to throw him out there as a it, critical rotation piece right off yeah, the top, you know? It definitely could have benefited Mo, I think, a little bit at, at times last year to not be like a every game starter and... And, you know, just a, a guy that pay, played 25 minutes every game, sometimes more, yep. you know, it, so it was, uh, so that it, it, it would have benefited him, I think, to be kind of eased in a bit more. Um, we usually just saw him and, you know, play fewer minutes when the matchup dictated it. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's cool to have these guys that are good enough and athletic enough immediately to contend with Pac-12 players. But also, it's good when you, you, you can maybe not like hope that this freshman big is is good enough to be your starting four, like all year. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, well, as we saw last year, there are limitations to that, right? Like, yep. there's a reason why the team didn't make it to the tournament. You know, they were reasonably close, but they didn't get there. And it's like, you know, you can only, you know, even though this is we're talking about the number two recruit in our program history, like that's not, I don't want to say it's not saying much. I mean, it is, it is a thing, but it's but also, we've never like, had, we've never had like instant NBA one and done guys. Yeah. Before. We don't, our, our top recruit of all time is an NBA player, but it took him three years to get there. Like those are not the kind of, we're not landing the kinds of guys that as freshmen are generally going to put you over the top because, of, because they are just so spectacular. Right. I mean, we can we can get guys who can um, impact things. But the reality is, when you look at top 100 recruits, once you get out of the top, I don't know, 15 or 20, to be honest, it really isn't that many like 15. There's 15 to 20 guys who are really like difference makers when they show up. It doesn't you don't have to get much farther outside of that. And guys are not difference makers like that. It's usually like good. The rest is they have you know, the athleticism and the size yeah. to match college basketball players, but they yeah. just don't have. So they the can play. Yeah, yeah. They can play, but they're not. They're not difference makers. They're not the kind of people that are going to show up and just like, you know, put you on their back and and go take you somewhere. Um, you know, so WCU's not landing those guys, and that's okay. You know, so it'd be great if if Deong didn't have to. Um, you know, be in a position to have to play more than, you know, say 15 minutes a night, you know, while he sort of grows into that role and he's able to give you 15 really quality minutes in certain situations versus needing him for 25 minutes and, you know, going through the same kind of growing pains with him that we went through with Mo last year. So I, I think that's really what you kind of hope for. So let's, let's think about this. Um, if, if, if we get happy news and and Mo and or Fa comes back, so if I'm thinking if Fa comes back, uh, assuming that they fill out the guards and you know uh, make sure we have a decent guard rotation, um, which we're almost yeah. there, <laughs> we're almost there. Um, yep, you really need at least one more. But then once we have that, then we're there. Uh, and I think they'll get that in the portal. Uh, but uh, I think if FA comes back, you know, maybe 
like maybe we we jumped the gun a bit last year, but I if FA comes back, I think they're a tournament team. Like I think he makes yeah. that difference. Um yep, and and, and, it, and if Mo comes back even more. Um maybe if yep. Mo comes back without FA, we're going to need to see some guys jump a little bit. Like I think I I think we're going to have to see some big steps forward from like Bamba and Andre um to be confidently in the tournament. Um if 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 only Mo, no FA. And obviously a big jump from Mo as well. Um, but FA is just prime. Like FA's advanced stats showed him as one of the most effective, one of the best players in the league last year. Um, he is just so impactful defensively, and his offensive game is it improved his second year. No, no reason to believe he's not going to improve his offensive game again next year. Um, I, you know, I he's going to be a massive player for WSU if he comes back. And I think one that pushes them into the tournament. Uh, so let's, let's hope that happens because yeah, I, I would yeah, like, so. and, and, and if he does, we can still name the entire rotation, even the bench players on those 07, 08, 06, 07 teams. You know, you can, yep. we still talk about, not just names like Kyle Weaver and Derek Lowe, we talk about Mac Hobson and yep. David like and Robbie Calgill. Ivory Clark. Ivory Clark. Uh guys that weren't stars, but you knew them because they were on a massive team. You know, Jeremy Cross, yep. you know the freaking the guy the last guy on the bench to walk on. Like, you know, like so it was it, it's uh it, it's if if they come back and they get this team over the hump, like F. Abigidi, Muhammad Gay, T.J. Bamba, Andre Andre Akamovsky, uh, Deshaun Jackson, D.J. Robin. These are like legendary. Those will become just legendary names that people will never stop talking about in in, in yep. Wazoo basketball lore. Um, and and so. Yeah, please come back, guys. Uh, I want to. Yeah, I want to talk about you forever, and and not and yeah. and I and and also, uh, I want I don't want I want to say hey hey uh, maybe we freaked out about the portal a little bit too soon and, and it wasn't as bad as we thought. <laughs> uh, all right, so we should probably now that we're an hour in, um, take take a break, and then we'll come back and. Uh, probably talk a little bit about some baseball and, and some tennis and before wrapping it up. back all right jeff um as always I, I never mentioned before the break but our loyal listeners know what's coming now um i want to know what you're drinking i am having a beer that i i'm sure you have had before i am having holy mountain kiln and cone pale yes ale. well 
Well, I may have not had that specific one because they they uh, they change the hops on that one, and, and they kind of change even the style. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's a little hazy. So I don't know what you got now. Definitely hazy. Uh, the hops are Mosaic and Idaho Seven. Nice. Are you familiar with Idaho Seven? Uh, I am. Uh, but I, okay. <laughs> of course you are. I was going to be like, I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, this, it's this time a, that's going to be, that's even going to be obscure for Craig, but it, no. it's a, no, it's not that obscure of a hop. It's been around for, you know, half a decade. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it's a Yakima, you know, comes, it's, you know, made by the Yakima ones. It's, um, uh, but it was originally came from Boise. Um, from Jackson Farms in Boise, uh, but you get like a wow. uh, 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 stone fruit type uh, vibes from that. Um, you know, as opposed to like citrus fruit, you get more kind of like stone fruit fruit taste. They describe it as um, as a, a tangerine flavor, um, uh, marmalade type flavors. But yeah, Idaho Seven got real popular like five or six years ago, and you saw some like single hop Idaho Seven. But I, I think like single hop Idaho Seven is not that not that great. I think Pioneer. What, what was the other one you said? Mosaic or Motueka? What was it? Mosaic, was it? yeah, yeah. Mosaic's great because mosaic. mo- mosaic's like those dank. So you you pair you pair that dankness, that kind of grapefruit with that kind of marmalade, then those balance out. Um, great combo. Um, I will say yep. I like when Kiln and Cone is a clean kind of West Coast style versus a, 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 a hazy, usually better. But, you know, maybe that hazy one is good, too. What color is the can? Well, it's it's still it's still delicious. Uh, it's black with pink, black and pink. Yeah, I think I had that one. Yeah, I do. I do think I had that yep. one. Yeah. Yeah. The last yeah, one. It's I had delicious. Glad I got it. Uh, you know, Holy Mountain's pretty good. Pretty good at making beer. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, they're their decent. beer's all right. Yeah, yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, I what about you, to, man? Well, so I I have a um a beer uh, I got off Tavar, um, but it's just I I wanted to to feature it because it's just a fascinating kind of story. This brewery, um, so this from uh, it's called uh, they have a, a phase three brewing company has a has a kind of um. A, a series of uh, double IPAs called Cream, so they're uh, made with rolled oats and milk sugar. So it's a hazy uh, lactose IPA. Um, so you don't want this if you're lactose intolerant. Um, uh, but it's so this is the double dry hopped Citra Matueka version. Um, so it it's it's a great hazy IPA, like really really elite. Uh, I, I think this is. Uh, very uh, reminiscent of um, uh, 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 hazies from um, other half. Uh, just very juicy, very very cloudy, like ex- like opaque, very light colored but opaque at the same time. Um, great mouthfeel, uh, just tremendous. Um, it, it, it's very well done. Uh, so this. Uh, this uh, brewery, the interesting thing about it, phase three. So I know y'all, Jeff, I know you are familiar because it's the first place we met um, with the Ram. Um, oh, yeah. And, and what do you what do you think of the Ram when you think of the Ram's beer? 
boring. Yes. Uh, and yeah. And, and how many Rams have you been to? Oh, many. Uh, and have you ever at seen least three or four? Have you ever seen a different beer on at any of those Ram locations? Or is it always the butt faced mm. amber or whatever it's called? Or like the, you know, the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big red, whatever yeah. IPA. Uh, yeah. So those are, I mean, those are the ones that, yeah, those are the ones I see. So typically, yeah, the, the Ram, even, you know, they, they'll have the breweries outside, whatever. But they kind of, they brew the same like the the brewers there they just have a list of beers that they brew they brew the same beers you know they'll have seasonals whatever one offs. So what back in like 2016, I was at like a beer share, and this guy pulls out a bottle from the Ram, and it was a barrel aged stout, and it was really fucking good, and I'm like where the he- where the hell. Like I've never seen this before. Well, there was there was one Ram location in Schaumburg, Illinois, uh, which is a suburb of uh, Chicago, um, uh, to the north. Uh, so, so that was giving their brewer free reign, and it was a brewer, a guy by the name of Sean Burns, and he was making elite barrel aged stouts he was making at the time you know hazy ipas were on the come up i went i went to the schaumburg one before there was like definitely different beers so they did not have other other rams i didn't i don't think i i didn't get a chance to have like the the barrel aged stout on draft because those like people would go and they would sell out really quickly uh because the out of out of this ram in, in 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 a suburb in a strip mall like in chicago like in Chicagoland, like people had figured out that this dude was making this like hype beers and in and, and a ram. And so this guy became a hot commodity, like in the Chicago beer scene. And and there was, you know, Microphone, which is a big uh famous brewery in, in Chicago. They were trying to recruit him. He ends up going to this new brewery called More Brewing. Um, more M O R E, just like it sounds. He immediately makes just knocks it out of the park, puts more right, puts more on the map, not only uh, locally but nationally, uh, winning all these awards for his barrel aged stouts. Their first big barrel aged release of Henna. They had insane lines. Uh, one uh, news, uh, one uh, uh, one of the news stations sent a helicopter out to like take a take video of the line. It was so crazy. It's, it was in another suburb of Chicago. Um, so he he uh, built that brewery up, more brewing. But then indeed he decided he wanted to run his own place. And so that's when he opened up phase three, which is kind of cool. You know, he calls it that with with um, with some other people that he worked at the Ram with. So the, these people started from the Ram and now they're here. Um, and so. He, now he's making just you know, uh, you know, hype beers and and but just very well executed beers. Just a very talented brewer, um, who also kind of has a vi- has good vision for what people will like and and what um, and and just you know if if you are able as a brewer to get your the people running your company to invest in the type of ingredients that you need to make these 
types of beers and he got the ram to do that like you're just you you must you're just some sort of visionary and and like sean burns shout out to him the the guy who made ram beer cool uh now phase three uh killing it still um i just thought it was it's it's a cool story a guy started at the ram and and got noticed at the ram um and then has now blown up two more breweries in, into like national prominence um, in, in terms of beer nerds. I'm not talking about regular people <laughs> in terms of beer nerds. Um, and, and we all know, like if you've been a beer nerd since like, you know, since the 2000, at least since like two, 2014, 2015, 2016, you, you know, you, there it was, it started at this legend. Like there's this Ram in Chicago that makes real beer, like legitimately good beer. And then some guy shows up to a bottle share and he has one of the bottles and you're like, this is really good. This is real. Yeah. Like what the hell? And now this dude's just moved on. He's, he, he owns the brewery now so he can do whatever he wants. That was part of the problem. He had it more, some disagreements with the ownership. So he left, obviously the Ram, he had, he had some severe limitations there. He wasn't going to be able to do what he wanted to do. So now he's got his own thing, got his own, got his own brewery. He's crushing it. Uh, so phase three brewing. Um, if you ever, if you ever stumble upon in someone's cellar, uh, the chaos series of beers from the Ram, uh, that was his barrel aged stout series, chaos, uh, from the Ram. So, uh, the, that, that's kind of, was always kind of a legend and it's cool that he's just still, um, pumping out good beers. So phase three cream, very good. Hey, you know, you know, I don't, I don't think many hazy IPAs are exceptional, but this this one is for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So once again, you learned more about something that you didn't have any interest in. So congrats to everyone. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, let's let's we 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 should have recorded at some other point when 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 all the baseball vibes were good. And then we waited yeah. after this after this UCLA series where they got swept. Yeah. And, and, and well, they did beat Portland today, but they no did. One cares That's true. The, the the UCLA series getting swept by UCLA ended their chance at making the the conference tournament, uh, which the top eight teams make, and now they they are mathematically eliminated from that. So that was a bummer because they really have turned it around. Uh, yep. in the middle of the season, they looked like they were headed towards a historically awful season. And, you know, and we know what those shit, look like. Yep. We, the type we, of shit that got Marty Lee's fired and yeah. they've turned it around. They, they've had some really impressive wins, uh, you know, winning the series from USC, winning the series from Arizona, beating Gonzaga, um, you know, lots of, lots of good wins. Um, you know, the, it was is a bummer to to have you know that series ended kind of kind of the hopes of any sort of postseason play ended ended with uh with, with that lot those losses to UCLA um, and now they're left with just three more games so if you can make it out to Pullman this weekend it's a unfortunately a Thursday Friday Saturday not a Friday Saturday Sunday um, but uh, they're they're hosting Arizona State um, you know that. I'll say it really seemed like they were in a place where it was hard to 
see when the program is actually going to get better. But now you see they've been able to contend with legitimate, you know, I didn't even mention they won the series at Oregon. Uh, now we, yep. you've seen they've been able to contend with some of the best programs, not only in the country, I mean, in the conference, but in the country. Uh, you know, they, they've been able to score more runs. Uh, the pitching's still been iffy. The defense a little iffy, but it's been better. Everything's gotten better. So maybe they're turning a corner. Maybe something is being put in place to, to take a step forward next year. It's just a bummer the season is so short, right? Like, yeah, it just doesn't leave you a lot of room for an extended period of problems. And, and that, that's what they had, basically. They dug themselves too big of a hole that they couldn't, you know, quite get out of. They left themselves um, really almost no margin for error. And they nearly pulled it off. Like, um, you know, but but they ended up, you know, they, they lost some games to, you know, Cal in particular is kind of the big one. Uh, I think they got swept at home by Cal. That, that was kind of a killer. Uh, that was early in the season, right? That was during that 10 game losing streak. Um, so, you know, that, uh, they they just kind of dug themselves too big of a hole. UW isn't very good getting swept by them. That was rough. Yep. And so, you know, you kind of add those two things together that, um, you know, it just it just puts a hole in there, and you don't have you know like in Major League Baseball, you don't have 160 games to if, dig out of it. If if you, you look know. at the three teams ahead of them, uh, Washington, Cal, and Utah, uh, they got swept by Washington, they got swept by Cal, they lost two out of three to Utah, and those are the three teams above them in the standings. Uh, Arizona yep. State, and I think and if they 14. played them again right now, they'd probably fare better. But you yeah. Know. They don't get a chance to do that. So they, uh, they, I, I, with the win tonight, um, let's see, they are, they have that in. So I think the win tonight puts them at 24 and 26. If they can manage to sweep Arizona State, they can finish with a winning record, which would be a nice little, a nice little, you know, like like when Kyle Smith finished 500 that first year, got the winning record the second year. Those are nice little uh, little milestones. So if 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 they they have to sweep to finish 500 or more, um, yep. So that's probably something they're shooting for, uh, um, because that's that is the end of their season. So um, three more games. It's already it's it's feel like the baseball season just started. And it's already over. Um, I'm yeah. Once again, very glad they turned it around, uh, and it's been nice to see them win. You know, they went on a you know they didn't sweep USC. They took two or three, and they took the last two, and then they swept Utah Valley and then beat UC Riverside. So going into the UCLA series, they had won three, four, five, six games in a row, and then really just weren't that competitive in the first two games. And then narrowly lost the third one. So, uh, yeah. Um, baseball, you just arrived. If you're already gone. I guess that's what happens when you only record like two podcasts in the middle of baseball <laughs> season. Um, yep. Yeah. It's exactly but right. For some uh, better news in in the those non-revenue sports, as they call them, um, which, I mean... 
our non-revenue sports have been absolutely killing it. Um, uh, so WSU had Michaela Bayerlova from Krumbach, Germany, uh, who has uh, earned her third uh, pa- um, co- first team all-conference honor, but also was given Pac-12 Conference Player of the Year and uh, invited to the NCAA tournament for singles. Um, yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Um, Super Sav- cool. Savannah Lyon Wen, also on the all-conference team. Um, interesting to note about uh, Bayerlova, She's the only Cougar tennis. I'm just reading this straight off of the press. Ladies. So the only Cougar tennis player to earn first team honors since the conference expanded to full round robin play in 1998. And, uh, and then she was the only year she wasn't a first team. She was a second team. So she's been on all conference every year. Um, and the last uh, player to earn a player of the year nod was Catherine Costain in 93. But that was when, um, the Pac-12 for, or the Pac-10 for a lot of sports, including baseball, was playing a northern division with like some teams that you wouldn't expect to be in the conference, and and, and then a, a southern division. So, and those two teams wouldn't play each other really. Um, uh, those two divisions wouldn't play each other so that much. Uh, so th- it's a very that was a very different time uh, to so to win really in the first um, of the fully round robin um fully integrated conference era um very impressive for Bayerlova. um she was 17 and 2 which is all the more impressive cuz she's the number one singles person so she's playing the other team's best player quite often so um well i don't, I don't know if that's always true but you know uh she only um she only conference one she lost is a number 25 player in the, in the, in the, um, entire country. So, uh, very impressive. Yep. That's, I, I imagine that's a thing that doesn't happen very often. So yeah, it's very cool. They've, they've made some huge strides with that tennis program to be in the pack 12, as, as you might imagine, uh, very difficult, uh, tennis conference. So to, to be able to, uh, compete with, um, you know, the schools in, in California and, you know, in warmer climates, uh, is, is pretty damn cool, man. Pretty damn cool. And they, you know, tennis has taken, uh, the same approach that we've seen in some of our other sports of just finding players anywhere they can, you know, internationally, um, you know, looking where other, other, other teams might not. And, and they've had a lot of success. A lot of the, the, the players that have built the tennis program up, are not from the United States. I mean, honestly, tennis is pretty dominated internationally too, but, but it's cool to see that, you know, um, kind of that tradition of WSU, just finding players everywhere. And that's how we become competitive. Uh, they all can't be like, uh, Todd Schulenberger. Now he's just pulling in, uh, top 10 recruits all the time. But, um, yep. uh, but I guess that's what happens when you, uh, go to the college cup. But, um, yeah. So a- again, like, the, this we say it all the time, but the uh, the athletics department as a whole is just as strong as it's ever been, and yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Like if you've you know, especially since COVID started, I've just been 
you know, I became much more of like a, a total like WSU athletics junkie, especially, you know, a lot of it's streamed online. Now a lot of the things are streamed online. You can actually watch, watch, uh, watch any sport most of the time, especially if it's in a conference uh, game. Um, just watch so much more soccer and baseball. I've even watched a little bit of tennis, although the cameras are pretty crappy for that. Definitely not the quality you get when you're watching like a professional tennis match. <laughs> you're usually seeing like yep. two different courts and trying to figure out who's who. Um, but yeah, you know, volleyball and, and been able to watch like so many more of these sports that I mostly just kind of read about before. But, uh, you know, with the proliferation of, of streaming events and everything and, and just, uh, looking for more things to, you know, being so desperate to be able to watch any sport coming out of the pandemic. Like it's, it's been cool. It's been, it's been a fun time now that so many sports are doing well at WSU. Yep. Yeah. And there's no reason to think it's going to, you know, it's going to end. I mean, you know, it feels like we've, we've taken, you know, for a while it was like, Oh, this is a golden age. And, and I mean, it, I think, you know, there's a chance that it is that, but, um, you know, with each year that goes by, you, you maybe have, um, you know, a little more confidence that, that this is just, you know, it's kind of where we're at. And, you know, we've, we've, we've joined the rest of the conference and having, <laughs> having multiple programs competitive at once. Um, you know, other schools do this all the time and this yeah, is totally I've, new to us. And, you know, I, so. a lot of, a lot of these sports were just not good. Even when I was in school, they were non-competitive really like, like, and and now just to have so many of these sports, women's basketball, be so competitive and go to tournaments, the soccer team be dominant, the volleyball team is just top top four every year in the conference. Like it's just uh, it, it's remarkable. And obviously, track has always been there for WSU. So I have another shout out I got to give to Jacob Angler, who won the Pac-12 pole vaulting championship. Oh um, yeah, he did. You know. And just very impressive, uh, 5.11 meters on his first attempt. Um, just that's so high in the air. <laughs> yes, it is terrifying. <laughs> um, yes, it is. As someone who's afraid of heights, like just thinking about yeah. just like vaulting yourself, sticking 15, a stick in the ground in the and then flinging uh, yourself up in the yeah, air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, thanks. Good job, Jacob. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's awesome. Just another, uh, title to add. Um, you know, e even, even if the teams, so, um, so this was the, uh, the, the, this was the past, this past weekend and he, so with his help, uh, the, um, the track and field team as a group is going to the West regionals of, of the NCAA championship, um, and that gives them an opportunity to move into the uh, to the national NCAA championship. I feel like I'm talking about uh, a choir or something right now, but uh, but there's <laughs> you know West regionals and that, which is basically kind of like you know you have uh, in baseball you have the regionals and then the, the finals. So uh, so they you know so they're still going. Uh, they're they're in they're in the uh, in the postseason and and having some success. So. Um, always love to see Cougs winning titles, wearing, wearing the crimson and gray. Um, and it just happens more and more these days. Yep. It's awesome. All right. Well, 
finally, we did it. We recorded another episode for y'all and for us. Woo. Um, Got to get those pennies. Uh, so uh, if you, um, you know, like what you hear and you haven't already, you know, so you can be notified when we do another episode, which we, which I hope, you know, I think we'll do it again soon. Um, yeah, but, I think um, so. but, uh, we will, uh, hit subscribe, um, on whatever, whatever, uh, app you're doing. And, and if your app allows you to rate the podcast, please rate it five stars, leave a nice comment. You know, we, we, you got to balance out the trolls who are mad because one time I, I said UCLA was, WSU was going to beat UCLA and then they didn't. And someone got mad and gave us a poor review. <laughs> or the people that yeah, think mean, we're what? What are, what are you worth if you can't predict? Yeah, I, I don't the know. avoidance of a fifty-point collapse. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I didn't foresee that idiot. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. If you can do that, that'd be great. Tell a friend about the pod. They like listen to pods and they like the Cougs. Um, or if they like beer, just, you know, tell them there's like a little 10 minute segment in there, uh, where we talk about beer. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on the beer stuff lately. Uh, I get, now I get people messaging me if they're going somewhere, you know, asking me what, what beer should they should get? I love that stuff. Go ahead and send me those questions. My DMS are open. Um, and, and I almost always look at them. Um, so yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, if you want to DM me on Twitter, it's at the Craig powers. Um, if you're mean or I don't like it, I'll just ignore you. So whatever. Um, uh, Jeff is at pod versus everyone. I'm getting into TikTok. Craig W powers on there and Craig W powers on Instagram, which is where I repost my TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> Craig is everywhere. I'm everywhere. Everywhere. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I saw that movie on Saturday in the middle of the day because I didn't have kids. And now my kids, I go to a movie in the middle of the day, which I haven't done in five years. Um, got those matinee prices. Beautiful stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, that is it. That is all. Uh, I have to go to bed at a decent hour because I'm going to get woken up by children in the morning. Um, and with that, I say go kooks. Go kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. Yep, there's plenty available.